Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. How are we doing this morning, people? I know that you're listening to Papa Joe and the college football talk, and I know that everybody always loves that and has a good time. Papa Joe is amazing and tremendous, and he keeps me on my toes. If, if I did not do a show and Papa Joe was on TV, I'd watch him. Because he gives me that information and that back and forth that you deserve as a listener. And somebody else who always gives me that awesome back and forth. We are, I mean, we were kind of meant to be. Brothers from another mother, maybe. Whatever you want to call it. And that's Mike Sofka of Hall of Fame Fantasy Football. Dot com. Every single week we bring you the Fantasy Football Power Hour. It always ends up being the Power Hours because we will not skimp on any information. We make sure you got what you need and all you need. And if you ever need anything more, all you have to do is shoot a message to Twitter at CallDT or Instagram at WakeUpCall underscore DT or Facebook at WakeUpCallDT and let us know. And Mike and I will address it and send you our thoughts and our responses. And you can always listen back to every single episode of the Fantasy Football Power Hour, proudly presented by the Wildcat Sports Pub and the Penn and Trophy Center, by going to wakeupcalldt.podbean.com. Within an hour of the show being live, it is up there for you Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. So if you're playing daily or you're playing in a league in the Wake Up Call Fantasy Football Challenge, you are set and ready to go. So we got you, and we already have questions coming in. But before we go to those questions, I got to introduce the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Mike Sofka of Hall of Fame, FantasyFootball.com. How are you, my good sir? Well, awesome. I don't know if I can live up to that introduction, but thank you very much. I'm, I'm glad to be here, ready for uh, ready for football, although tonight's game is going to be kind of eh, but um, you know, it, one of the coaches may lose their job over this game. I hate to say it, but both teams are underperforming, so I'm ready to go. I'm ready. I'm ready. You are ready. We already have our first question, so I'm going to address the first question. Now, Mike and I also predict every single game, so we will have every prediction for you. That'll be up on wakeupcalldt.com. If you click on the Fantasy Football tab outright, it'll take you to all of our shows in our archive week by week, including today. If you go to the Fantasy Football tab and instead of clicking it outright, see the drop-down menu, the NFL predictions are there. Mike and I and John and Jordan predict every game every week, and you can see how well we're doing. So we are there to help you in so many different ways. We already have a question in Fantasy, and I ask everybody to throw them at us. And we have a question, thoughts on Latavius Murray this week? Latavius Murray is a Minnesota Viking and the Minnesota Vikings this week are going to be playing the Jets in East Rutherford, New Jersey. So before we go anywhere, Mike, let's address the question at hand. What do you think about Latavius? Well, right now I got him ranked as a number 35 running back on my rankings, and that's, um, you know, depending on his PPR or not, that could go up or down a little bit. The bottom line is this, is Dalvin Cook's supposed to be back they're going to give Dalvin Cook every opportunity, so monitor Dalvin Cook. And as goes Dalvin Cook, as will you know Latavius Murray. If Dalvin Cook doesn't look as good pre-game or what have you, so this could go right up to game time, which is you know not a good situation all the time. But it is a it is a, a, a one o'clock game, so it's not that bad. You'll know something by eleven thirty. But I have every right to believe that I have every notion that um, 
Dalvin Cook is going to play. I think they're going to temper the expectations on Dalvin Cook, which will lead to some carries and some more participation from Latavius Murray, but unfortunately not enough to warrant more than a flex play at that at best. Yeah, and, and I, I have Latavius Murray on one of my rosters, and he has done absolutely nothing for me. He has been underwhelming. It's sad for me because Latavius is from Onondaga County. It's sad for me because he played for Central Florida, and you know I got to spend some time down there in the conference championship when they were in Conference USA. So before I started covering him in the American, <clears throat> so you know there, there's a connection there to Latavius Murray. But fantasy football wise, I just don't see the value. Even if Delvin Cook isn't healthy, Latavius Murray hasn't done anything in the absence of Delvin Cook. So I just I, I don't see a lot of value. And and thank you for the question. Now what we have here. A couple of the only players that are somewhat giving me decent points are on bye this week. My lineup is a mess. So uh, I ask you, Giuseppe, who sent us that, send us your lineup. Let us know what you have and let us help you because we can't help you if we don't know. So uh, definitely let us know because, you know, bye weeks are, are an issue. And sometimes you benefit from bye weeks because people have to let go of somebody and they don't pick them up fast enough. So for the bye week this week, to let everybody know essentially uh, what's going down here, on bye week this week are, are a few teams, the Packers, the Raiders, the Steelers, and the Seahawks. So, I mean, you know, this is, this is Sands Big Ben, Sands Le'Veon Bell, who did it to himself, Sands James Conner, Juju Smith-Schuster, Antonio Brown. The Raiders probably won't have Derek Carr or Mari Cooper that long, so I don't know if you can say Sands them. The Seahawks without uh, no Russell Wilson because they're on bye. Uh, the Packers, you're going to lose with the bye week. Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, who saved my fantasy football game this past week because I love them. So, you know, I mean, there, there are going to be some issues, but, you know, feel free, Giuseppe, to send us your lineup and we'll help you out as best we can. We will do individual help if you need it. So, Mike, let's jump into it. Broncos, speaking of individual, we go game by game, team by team. Broncos at the Cardinals. This game is 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 just two ugly teams. The Cardinals are home and they're 0 3 at home. The Broncos are on the road, they're 0 2 on the road. One of these teams is going to get a win where they haven't gotten one or they're going to tie. The Broncos are 2 and 4. They started off the season strong, but obviously they were pretenders and the Cardinals are 1 and 5. Combined these teams are 3 and 9. I don't know how this game made Thursday night, but here we are. Thoughts on this one? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna address the elephant in the room here, and I'm just gonna come right out with it. This has nothing to do with the Broncos coach Vance Joseph, who may lose his job if he doesn't win this game tonight. That's how serious this is. He's seven and fifteen the past two seasons here, and 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 they're not gonna allow that to continue, or at least Elway is not going to allow that to continue. But that's funny, because Elway is the problem. No one is saying this. Nobody is talking about it. I know he's, you know, a great player in Denver Bronco history, but great players in history don't always know what they're doing. Look at Magic Johnson. How good of a coach was he in the NBA? He wasn't. You know what he was good at? He was good at aligning himself with the right people in the business world to help him continue to, you know, go on in life and survive and, and be part of business and be a good example to the communities. But 
the bottom line is still the bottom line. Elway's the problem. Look at the, the personnel. This roster is a wreck. He missed on Case Keenum. Let's just call it what it is. He missed on Royce Freeman. Let's just call it what it is. He missed on Devontae Booker. Demarius Thomas is in the twilight of his career, or is that because of the poor quarterback play? Hey, how about the tight end? Who? Hourman? This roster is a mess. Sorry to go on a little tirade there, but that that's what it is. And Vance Joseph is going to lose his job because of it. You know, and, and, and I think the Broncos are a train wreck, and I think there's every possibility that they could lose this game. As a matter of fact, I'm going to take the Cardinals because I think Josh Rosen, even though he's a he's a bottom feeder quarterback for me most weeks, he's more than capable with Larry Fitzgerald of making something happen. So you know what? You're in a bye week. You got guys that aren't playing. You got guys that are injured. Go ahead. Take a gamble on Rosen. Take a gamble on Osweiler. Take a gamble on some of these guys. There's guys out there. You're just going to have to get creative with your roster during these bye weeks. So I'm looking at David Johnson maybe having a rebound game in this game. I'm looking at David Johnson because Denver's soft against the run. Yeah, they got some edge rushers, but they're soft against the run. I'm just thinking that if it was if it was me, I would just run the ball with David Johnson. I would continue to baby step Josh Rosen along. But that guy is a, a pro quarterback ready he's been ready and i look for him to flourish and i look for him to continue to succeed tonight but denver they're a wreck you, you might start philip Lindsay in this one as a flex or an rb3 uh emmanuel sanders might be a, a wide receiver two for you demarius thomas is nothing more than a flex play for me now no tight end on that end of the roster ricky seals jones has been getting it done for arizona though lately i wouldn't mind putting him in as a tight end too and again, I mentioned Larry Fitzgerald, but he seems to be the only guy that can show up, and he's not showing up because Josh Rosen. You, you know what's been missing? David Johnson. So I don't know what's been happening, but tonight I think we're going to see a resurgence of Arizona. I look for Arizona to win the game. I look for David Johnson to have a rebound game, and I look for Josh Rosen to look like the better of the two quarterbacks. I'm not going to really disagree with – Anything that Mike Sofka just said, because there's a reason why I have Mike on the show. He's intelligent and he knows things. We don't always agree on everything, but we bring our education to the table. And everything you're saying, I'm picking up. If we're if we're in a church that allows you to say whatever you want to say, you know, then then you're standing at the pulpit and I'm saying amen. So I mean, that's where I'm at with you right now. I'm picking the Cardinals in this game. I don't care that they're 1-5. and five. I think that Josh Rosen is going to become a good quarterback in the NFL. I think that his growing pains this year are going to lead to his success. I think that he's going to find good things. There's really nobody injured to be concerned about. Shout out to Justin Pugh, former Syracuse player and former Giant, who is on the Arizona Cardinals on their offensive line. He was limited in practice this Wednesday. I hope that he can play in this game but you know I, I in Denver really quick injury wise there's really nothing that you know I'd be concerned about you know Jake Butt was supposed to be their main guy and you know he's he's on injured reserve he's supposed to be their main tight ends and you know the tight end butt jokes I could do forever folks I really I really could I, I'm promising you so <laughs> I am a Rodney Dangerfield when I want to be. So, you know, in in this game, oh boy, 
So Denver, I'm going to go with Mike. Philip Lindsay, if you want to put him as a flex. I don't like Demarius Thomas. I wasn't sold on Demarius in the draft. I took him if he fell to me, you know, after I got other people. But he is so underwhelming. I really hope it's the quarterback and the scheming and, and everything in Denver and not him. Emmanuel Sanders seems to somehow get the numbers in bad situations. So flex out Philip Lindsay, flex out. Emmanuel Sanders, I don't like anybody else. I'm sad about Case Keenum, but in all honesty, I don't even think this is all Case Keenum. I think it's I think it's just Denver, man. I think it's Denver as a whole. David Johnson, for the love of God, can he get three touchdowns tonight? As long as he is not playing me in fantasy, you are allowed to have 250 yards and three touchdowns. I want David Johnson to come back. David Johnson is this generation's Marshall Falk, so give me that happiness. I would love to see it, so... I would look at David Johnson as a running back, too, just because he hasn't done much of anything. Larry Fitzgerald is worth the play in this game. Christian Kirk, I still think, is going to become Josh Rosen's number one target, and I think that the reins will be passed from Fitz to him when Fitz hangs it up. I wouldn't play Rosen in the game, but I like David Johnson. I would look at Fitz, and, you know, I'm somewhat of a fan of Christian Kirk at this point in time. The Broncos, man, I thought that they might be pretenders, I should have had, I mean, little to no notion. This this team is all kinds of in trouble. The Titans at the Chargers. The Titans, thank goodness for the Jaguars, lost and got blown out as well last week. So they're both 3-3. Three and three. They're playing the Chargers in Los Angeles. And if I know anything about the AFC South, they pretty much suck when they go to the West Coast. What are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I think you're right on with that. And I think the Chargers are the better of the two teams. But Tennessee is one of those teams that seems to make it interesting. They find themselves hanging around in games. And then all of a sudden something wild happens, some sort of penalty, some sort of crazy play from some unknown player. So, I, you know, I look for this to be a better game than most people anticipate. I am going with the Chargers in this game. And I think the Chargers are going to win by probably around a touchdown, give or take. You know, you look, I think it's a good game to play Phillip Rivers. You know, he may not have been a guy that, you know, has carried you to promised land this year so far like a Mahomes, but he's been getting the job done. He's usually a quarterback one. I got him as a quarterback two this week, but there's enough guys on buys like Aaron Rodgers and so forth. Not saying that you have both of those guys, but maybe in a daily situation, you want to look at a Philip Rivers. He's probably affordable, but he's a mid-range guy this week. He's number 13 on my ranking, so a quarterback to high end. You know, I'm looking on the other side, and Marcus Mariota's just looked like a train wreck this year. I don't know if it's him. I don't know if it's that hand, the elbow situation. He just looks bad, and I think part of that reason is Corey Davis hasn't been consistent for him. However, Corey Davis is a guy on the way back, and I look at Corey Davis to be a surprise guy for you. You know, he's the wide receiver one on that team, but you may treat him like a bottom-end wide receiver two because they're going to have to throw the ball to keep up with San Diego's attack. I think San Diego is in a position, San Diego, listen to me, L.A. Chargers, not San Diego, we all know what I meant, you know, yeah. he, they're supported by a great supporting cast. Melvin Gordon, you can count on him for running back one number. He's my number three running back this week. And, you know, Austin Eckler, every time this guy touches the ball, he looks like a premium starter. He looks like a guy that could start on anyone else's team, except he's got Melvin Gordon in front of him. So I think he's a flex or a running back three for you. He's going to get his opportunities. And the receiving core has been pretty strong. Keenan Allen's been solid. Mike Williams looks like he was on the way back in a surprise. 
plant Tyrell Williams, but Tyrell Williams has come back in a big way as well. So I think Phillip Rivers has some excellent weapons. I think you got a couple wide receivers on this team you could start, and a Tyrell Williams because he's hot right now, and a Keenan Allen. And I think that the tight end position is is lacking for the Chargers, but you know it's kind of lacking for Tennessee as well. I mean, don't forget they got John U. Smith is the guy who's best, you know, set for the reps at tight end in Tennessee. I don't think you can count on him at all. Deion Lewis, well, maybe he's a running back too for you. Derrick Henry is on the way out. He just looks bad lately. So I'm not sure you're going to see a lot of fantasy value from Tennessee side. I look for it in the L.A. Chargers, and I look for the Chargers to win the game. Yeah, I'm just I'm not I'm not really impressed in the last like two or three seasons with the Tennessee Titans fantasy football wise. I don't feel like they bring a lot of value to the table. I've never been a fan of Derrick Henry outside of when he was a rookie, and I wanted to give him an, an initial chance to kind of see what he could do. I haven't I haven't seen anything. So I mean, you know, you got to produce. There's a lot of talkers. There's not a lot of walkers. So you know, you got unless you're watching The Walking Dead. So in that case, you know, you got to make it happen. You got to get it done. So the Chargers uh, injury wise, uh, Virgil Green, it was limited with a rib injury. Really nothing else besides that. And as far as the Titans go in their injuries, just to let you know, to preface this a little bit for you, as we always do, uh, Delaney Walker's obviously still on IR. No other injuries really to note. He is their best player and he's not out there for the team. So I don't like anybody on Tennessee except for one guy that I think is going to show up in in the highlight updates when they do the in-game updates I think Corey Davis is going to have a touchdown in this game so he's he's a wide receiver three for me this week I do think he's going to score on the Chargers side of it I like Phillip Rivers I like Melvin Gordon I would go with Keenan Allen Tyrell Williams could be an option for you in a bye week situation, he may he may be available out there. So Tyrell Williams, I think you can you could put him out there as a flex guy if you have if you need some help in your bye week, he's an option for you. And really, that's that's all she wrote for me. I would look to I would look to this game's either going to be thirteen ten or thirty three thirty. That's how I see it. For some odd reason, Tennessee can score when they feel like it. But like Mike said, it's always like weird scores. It's like a safety. It's like a punt that turned into a safety that was a fumble that was ruled a touchdown that you can kick a field goal after. Tennessee has very weird things that follow them. Obviously, they have good karma. They must have been nice to somebody somewhere at some point in their lives, and good for them because good karma is the only one you want. So Phillip Rivers, Melvin Gordon, Keenan Allen, Tyrell Williams, if you need some help in a bye week, that's how I see it. I'm picking the Chargers. Patriots at the Bears. This... (laughs) It remind, for some reason, this reminds me of the Colts-Bears Super Bowl and Rex Grossman having a passer rating of two going into the Super Bowl. So here we go. Yet, guess what? Khalil Mack is a bear. And the Bears got a shot in the NFC North. And Mr. Mike Sofka, Tom Brady doesn't like his porcelain face to be touched, and Khalil Mack is going to be touching him all over the place. So let's jump into this one. Yeah, what you said makes sense there, but at the same time, I got to like the Patriots. This is when the Patriots put the pedal to the metal. This is when 
when they start picking up the pace. They always start out soft recently, and now I think they got things going, and Josh Gordon in the fold is going to make things happen. That's a scary guy on the outside, and I know they're I know they haven't even scratched the surface with what the potential is between him and Brady, but I look for that to unfold and possibly in this game because if Brock Osweiler can look like a world beater for a quarter or two against the Bears, even with that pass rush that they have and even with a guy like Khalil Mack, which, mind you, he looked kind of sluggish and looked a little bit slow last week, slowed up due to injury, and, and he's not really looking too good this week to play even. So if that happens, take that out of the equation. Take that pass rush away. Then we really see what that Bears defense is about. Because if you get that huge pass rush, all of a sudden your DBs are that much better. All of a sudden your linebackers are all that much better. Because they got somebody pressure in the quarterback. And the quarterback is everything. If the quarterback is protected from the rush or if the quarterback is rushed, that can affect the game entirely. That's why Khalil Mack is what he is to that team. And the Bears are, they're happy they're paying him that large amount of money. Look, I think Tom Brady's still going to have a great game. He's my number eight quarterback this week. Again, Osweiler looked all right at times. I think Brady's going to light them up because I think Khalil Mack is slowed. You know, you look at the, the running attack, the smartest thing that the Patriots did in a while was get a guy like a Sony Michel. Now they're trying to regular regularly feed him the ball now that these other guys are injured, dinged up. James White is the passing guy. Sony Michelle's the breakaway running back. They're going to try to run the ball. Why do you run the ball in the NFL? To keep the other team's offense on the sideline. That's what they did against Kansas City. That's how they slowed Mahomes down in the first half in general. And then in the second half, Mahomes just kept making these big plays. So I'm looking at this game here, and I'm thinking that the Bears defense is going to suffer a little bit I think Sony Michelle's going to get it all. I think Rob Gronkowski is going to have a decent game. My number four tight end this week. Taylor Gabriel leads the team in targets. He's going to continue that. But he's like a wide receiver three for me here. And I'm looking at the Patriots. Look for Josh Gordon to get in the end zone. I got him as a flex play right now at best. You know, I, I'm more of a Julian Edelman type fan. I think he's a he's a wide receiver too. Again, I think the Bears are solid up and down in defense, but this is the Patriots. This is what the Evil Empire does. It's October. It's getting into November. It's starting to get cold out. The Patriots are getting warmed up. Look for them to start making their run here. I'm going to take the Patriots on the road in Chicago. Yeah, the Patriots always like to toy with our emotions, do they not? They always like to make us think that they're not that good and that they can't do anything and that they're, they are the perfect scar from the Lion King. They are the perfect one. Simba, I'm sorry. Don't let me die. And then he claws your hand and tries to flip you over and kill you like he killed your father. So, I mean, it's just, I mean, they are the, they are what they are. And, and I want to call them what I want to call them. But Mike knows I have rules on this show. And one of my rules on the show is if you say something about a team that can be linked to music, you cannot say it without playing it. So when I tell you that the Patriots are the dark side, when I tell you that the Patriots are that type of team, we can only do one thing.
Can somebody just roll with me on this? I think that that should play every time that Bill Belichick is about to come out to his press conference. And when he stands at the podium, he just does like the, the cut across his neck and they stop it abruptly. Would that not- I, I like that a lot. Darth, Darth Belichick. Yes. Darth Belichick, or as I like to call him, Charger Jar Binks. <laughs> so, so in that, so, so with that being said, my thoughts on this game, I'm going to pick the Patriots reluctantly in this game. I think that the Bears are getting better, but I, I agree with you, Mike. You know, the Patriots, they, they always toy with us. They always dangle the carrot and then they win games. So, you know, this is this is a team that's not getting hot at the right time. They're just friggin' like they're they're like to they just kind of rest and wait and do what they got to do. I said that the worst thing that could have happened to the NFL for everybody else was the day that the Patriots drafted Sony Michelle because the Patriots have taken running backs who nobody knows for years upon years upon years that were not household names. I shouldn't say that nobody knows, but guys like James White and and, you know, Kevin Falk, you know, Corey, and even when they took Corey Dillon and whatnot. And, and, but, but it's they have taken player after player after player that people are like, who? And the guy is like the Super Bowl MVP. So I said, when they drafted Sony Michelle and gave him first round money, you bet your butt he's running the ball. You bet your butt they're going to tweak their offense a little bit to let Tom Brady not have to do everything. The worst thing that could have happened to 31 other NFL franchises is the day that Sony Michelle went to the New England Patriots. He is making everybody pay. He is definitely worth the play. I think he's worth an RB1 because he's getting you numbers. I like Tom Brady. I like Sony Michelle in this game. I like James White in the game because he still gets involved, just not as much, so he's kind of a flex for me. Julian Edelman is going to get involved. And Josh Gordon, again, to the victor go the spoils. Josh Gordon was left out in the cold, and look at what he's doing. If Josh Gordon stays off the pipe, he's a number one wide receiver. So, again, the Patriots are taking in the shut-ins and the forgotten children, and they are making them champions. So, I like Julian. I like Josh Gordon. I like Rob Gronkowski. I like Sony Michelle. I like Tom Brady. James White is a flex. On the other side of it, I like Khalil Mack. So if you're playing in in if you're playing where you can have individual defensive players, I like Khalil Mack. I think the Bears might be able to pop an interception or two, maybe force a fumble. But I don't like the receivers in Chicago, as far as fantasy goes. I love Anthony Miller. I covered him at Memphis. I'm just not a fan of of how they've been playing. If you're going to go with anybody, maybe a Jordan Howard or a Tariq Cohen. I you know I, I relegate them to low end running back twos, high end running back threes this week. I wouldn't play the quarterback of Chicago. You know, yeah, Mitch Trubisky could go off, but the chances of it happening, I think, are le- you know obviously less than fifty fifty. Trey Burton, you know, if you need somebody this week and your other tight ends off, or you 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 want to you want to back somebody up, or you just need some help, I don't think he's a bad option to have. And I think he's a better option than their receivers. So I'm picking the Patriots, and I like the majority of the Patriots in this game. Next up, we got Bills at the Colts, a team that can't figure it out against a team that can't figure it out. So who's going to figure it out, Mike? Yeah, I got to go with the home team here in the Colts. I think the Colts are going to be able to run the ball a little more effectively than Buffalo. I know Buffalo's got McCoy in the fold, but I think McCoy's going to be on his way out and possibly traded somewhere. But even though they say no, 
that's their one guy, you know, I think Buffalo's bound to bound to, you know, trade him away. But geez, I don't know. I, I would hate to do that. If I was Buffalo, I'd sit tight, keep the one guy you got. You know, Buffalo is in trouble at the quarterback position. Luckily, they had, you know, already looked ahead on this situation, and they went ahead and made a smart signing in uh, Derek Anderson. You know, I don't think he's going to be the savior. I don't think this is a guy you can start in fantasy. You know, he even made a comment at his press conference that, you know, he just got signed, and uh, they're going to do the best they can. You know, (laughs) okay, thank you for that vote of confidence. Tell me something. Tell me, hey, you and McCoy are going to make something happen. We're going to try to catch lightning in a bottle here. Don't go, oh, we're going to go out there and do the best we can. That 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 leads me to believe that you got a dumbed down playbook. You're going to be running 32 dive and uh, the 45 belly play and all these basic schemes that high school teams do to dumb it down for everybody. Nobody is performing on Buffalo's team, and this is why the Bills are going to lose again. The defense seems to be playing well at times, and that's only because they're always on the field. You can't sustain a drive in Buffalo. Yeah, I don't like Buffalo at all in this game. I think Marlon Mack is worth a worth a start here as a maybe a, a, a running back three for you. I don't think he's going to wow you. I don't think Andrew Luck is going to wow you, but there's a couple quarterbacks out this week, so he might give you some quarterback one production, bottom end quarterback one, my number 12 quarterback on my rankings. And T.Y. Hilton's supposed to be back. He's going to be a game-time guy, but I think he's going to be limited in what they expose him to. I think that uh, you know, Eric Ebron is their big target. I know they're trying to, to, to ease the other tight end back from injury and Jack Doyle. But look out for a Chester Rogers to make an appearance here. If this is a guy you want to maybe pick up in daily as a, as a gamble, as a low-rent guy with a lot of upside, that's how you win those contests. So look for a Chester Rogers there. Buffalo, I wish there was something more I could tell you to play. Maybe a Zay Jones in an emergency situation. He's probably out there on the wire. So uh, hopefully, hopefully, this will be a fun game to watch, but I doubt it, and I'm definitely going to go with the Colts. Yeah, and, and, and the thing is, you brought up T.Y., which gave me a song. So that was when Queen Latifah was swearing, folks. Thank goodness we don't have the FCC, hello. But she said the B word. But I was just thinking about UNITY Hilton. That's what I was thinking of. UNITY, you're a part of me. So TY Hilton, if he's going to be playing, then I'm not against putting him out there. Jack Doyle is doubtful. Uh, Eric Swoop, who's a backup tight end, he's questionable as well. So, you know, they're going to have to lean a little bit more on TY Hilton. So, you know, let's start with Buffalo. I don't like a lot of things about Buffalo. Josh Allen, I said this before, I know he's your best option. I know he's your rookie quarterback that you're trying to make into your franchise guy. I get that. I understand that. But when your offensive line gives up three and a half sacks a game, this man's going to get hurt. This man is going to get hit. And I don't like the situation. And he should not like the situation. So I don't like the quarterback situation. Derek Anderson's probably going to start or play at some point. I can't imagine that Nathan Peterman's going to be out there that long. I don't like anybody on the offense because of all the issues. So on the Colts side of things, I normally don't pick a lot of Colts, but they're playing the Bills at home. So they're at Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis. I'm going to go with Andrew Luck is worth a play in this one. I like Naheem Hines. 
Jordan Wilkins will probably find his way into the end zone. T.Y. Hilton, if you know he's healthy and ready to go, he'll have some success. And Eric Ebron, you know, is uh, is well. Let me see here on Eric Ebron. So Eric Ebron is, as far as we know, out there. So you know that's another option for you as well. I think there's a lot of Colts that are going to have you know the potential to score. And they're playing the Bills, which leads me to say Jordan Wilkins and Andrew Luck, because I typically don't, and I'm picking the Colts to win the game. Before we take a step aside, Mr. Sofka, the Lions at the Dolphins, what do you got? Yeah, surprisingly, Brock Osweiler may be a guy that can help you out here this week with buys, but... You know, don't count on it. Temper your expectations. That's an emergency play only. He did look good at times against Chicago last week. Detroit defense may be the defense that you might want to start this week. Oh, and by the way, the Indianapolis defense may be the other defense because of the situation at quarterback there. So, you know, this is where you can make or break your season. You know, bye weeks, you're looking for, you know, maybe you have, you know, a, a, a Maybe have Green Bay's defense, for instance. Indianapolis is probably out there. Go scoop them up. They're playing the Bills. Well, the same thing with the Lions. They're playing Osweiler, who's been known to throw an interception or two in his day. But he did look good last week, so that's a good sign. Look, they have a formula in Miami, and I don't think the formula is going to work this week. I'm going to take Detroit in this game. But, you know, the formula is get Frank Gore involved. This guy, at his age, is still doing it. He's nothing more than a flex play here, but he's taking some of that heat off of Kenyon Drake, and you saw Kenyon Drake with the pressure and a fumble on a goal line last week. Well, Kenyon Drake needs that veteran presence around him, and Kenyon Drake is able to continue to uh, put up like maybe running back two to three numbers for you. He's not going to blow you away, but he's going to have enough numbers to get it done for you. Uh, you know, I, I, I can't argue with what Albert Wilson has been doing. The Yak King so far, yards after catch guy, well, this is a guy who's putting up some big numbers, and if you're looking for an emergency fill-in at wide receiver, he may be out there. So look to pick up some Albert Wilson. He's going to be producing wide receiver three to flex type numbers consistently, but at the same time, you never know when he's going to break one. This is a guy who's scary with the ball in his hand in space. You know, I don't think that there's a there, there's going to be another guy catch up to him. I know Golden Tate for the past couple of years has been the yak king, but at the same time. You can't argue with what Albert Wilson is doing. You know, on the other side of the ball there running, looks like Carrion Johnson may be starting to come into his own here. I got him ranked as the number 20 running back this week. They're finally finding their guy in Detroit to run the ball, and that's taking the pressure off of Matt Stafford, who's a bottom-end quarterback, one this week, and that takes the pressure off the wide receivers as well. You know, I, I like Marvin Jones Jr. I think he's better than Golden Tate. He's going to put up wide receiver two numbers for you. Golden Tate is around that same that same realm there, wide receiver two at best if he's healthy, if he's going to be playing. And I'm looking at the at the tight end, and I don't see anybody really stepping up at tight end. You know, we got our boy there, Luke Wilson, but we also got the rapper Toy Lolo for Detroit. I don't think he's going to make his presence known this week. I'm going to go with Detroit. I think Detroit's going to be able to run the ball and pass the ball more effectively than the Dolphins. Take Detroit's defense in this one as well. Look for Detroit to win this one in Miami in the heat. Mike knows the rules. When Mike says Toy Lolo, 
We got to get low with the Yin Yang Twins here in the Wake Up Call Studios. There's so many people that have their own hotkeys now. I, I'm just, I'm, I'm almost to the point, Mike, where I feel like maybe I should pick a player or two from all 32 franchises and have their song ready and willing to go for when we drop some knowledge on everybody. <laughs> yeah, it sounds good. So the Lions are playing the Dolphins, and Mike said this is a make-or-break week, and I agree because if the, if the Lions lose this game, I think their season is in trouble because the Bears are getting better, the Vikings are doing good things, the Packers just had a hell of a comeback against the Niners. So, you know, for me, the Lions, nobody can make mistakes in the NFC North right now, and I think the Dolphins are going to win. The Lions have not won a game on the road. The Dolphins, for some odd reason – are really good at home. They're good against the Patriots at home. They're good. I mean, they're good at home against a lot of different teams. And they almost never have their starting quarterback when they're winning these games. So let's go to Detroit first and foremost. Matt Stafford is not worth the play to me anymore. I'm just I'm just not a big fan of Stafford. He's not getting it done. He's not doing good things out there. I just don't like it. As far as the running game for the Detroit Lions, Carrion Johnson has been their main guy running the ball, but LeGarrette Blunt is very involved too. So I would say Carrion Johnson is a low-end running back too. LeGarrette Blunt is a mid-range running back too because he's the one that's getting the touches that are getting into the end zone. Kenny Galladay is worth the play. Marvin Jones Jr. is worth the play as well because Marvin Jones doesn't get a lot of yards, but he scores. So I like Marvin Jones and Galladay. I like Golden Tate uh, a little bit less than them, but I do like that trio. And despite the Lions' blunders, I they're one of the only teams that I have a trio of receivers that I really do like in fantasy pretty much from week to week. On Miami's side, if you got to roll the dice and your guys are injured and they're off and you don't want to obviously give up Aaron Rodgers or you know give up some of the Derek Carr and whatnot, then maybe you do go get Brock Osweiler this week because he's playing the Lions and he's at home and he just had a damn good game. So, you know, I, I think that Brock is a low-end quarterback too for me, high-end three, but it depends on your situation. As far as running the ball, I'm not overly sold on any of the running backs for Miami. You know, taking a look at the Dolphins and, and in the most recent history and how they did in this overtime win over the Bears – you know, Frank Gore is timeless. He is, he's just timeless. I mean, the man has played almost two and a half decades in the NFL. And he's still going strong and he's still getting 100 yards. And he did it against Chicago's defense. So, I mean, I would look at Frank Gore in this game as a play for you. He's, he's a running back two for me, mid range to low range quarterback, or running back two. I still like Kenny Stills, Albert Wilson. Uh, Jakeem Grant has been good on returning the ball, and I know that the Lions struggle in some of their special teams. So, you know, maybe if you use Miami's defense and special teams, or if you have to play flex and you got to get really deep and you go after Jakeem just because he's done it more than once. I'm not a big fan of the fantasy situation for tight end for Miami, but I do think Miami's going to score points, and I think that you could kind of be sneaky with some of the points you get this week. I'm taking the Dolphins at home. Let's take a step aside for a fast break. We'll come back with the Vikings and the Jets and so much more after you hear from my proud partners of Wake Up Call that help make it possible and help keep Central New York prospering, growing, and ever moving forward. 
This is a wake-up call, Fast Break. Consistency is, well, consistently hard to find. Unless you head to 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York, the home of the Penn and Trophy Center, who has been serving us central and upstate New Yorkers, as well as beyond, for decades. The Penn and Trophy Center on 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York, gives you an amazing and unique way to customize a memory today. Say it with the Penn and Trophy Center. Be it an Employee of the Month award, a sports award, something for your business, engraving for your family, your loved ones, anniversaries, birthday parties, and so much more, including remembering somebody who served in the military. Say it with the Penn and Trophy Center. 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York. The definition of consistency is Penn and Trophy. Browse their products on penandtrophy.com. That's penandtrophy.com. And call them for more information at 315-422-8797. That's 315-422-8797. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is located on 3680 Milton Avenue, in the Home Depot Plaza. It is your family-friendly sports bar and restaurant. Folks, some sports bars aren't family-friendly. Some family-friendly restaurants are not sports bars. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is proud to be both. It is that marriage that you've been looking for for years. The Wildcat Sports Pub is your home base for your sports bar and restaurant needs, games for the kids, indoor and outdoor activities, and enough things on the menu to come back every single week and get to try something new. They're open Sundays from noon to 8 p.m., Monday through Wednesday, 11 a.m. to 11 p.m., and Thursday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to midnight. For reservations and party information, call 315-487-2222 for the Wildcat family-friendly sports pub and restaurant. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. I'm chilling with the guy that they call Mike Sofka here on the airwaves every Thursday. We've already gone past our time of 11 o'clock. Why? Because we always want to give you all the fantasy advice that we possibly can. And if you ever need any more than what we give you, you can always feel free to message us. You can go to the Fantasy Football tab on wakeupcalldt.com. You can go to the quick links at the bottom of the page, and, and, you, can, and you can find me on there, and you can find the Fantasy Football page. And when you go to the Fantasy Football page on wakeupcalldt.com, you can ask questions that will be directed toward Mike and I or you could go to Facebook at Wake Up Call DT, Twitter at Call DT, Instagram at Wake Up Call underscore DT. You could send them here during the live show, mixlr.com backslash Wake Up Call DT. If you're a member, you can always send us a message. So there's so many ways. They're all free. So no excuses, people, to send us the messages on your fantasy team. We give you all the advice that we possibly can, and it's proudly presented by the Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, where you should be watching every single game, as well as the Penn and Trophy Center, where you should be going to get your fantasy football trophies 
as well as things for your job and your and your family and your weddings and your anniversaries and your children and that pocket watch that's been passed down for five generations to get that engraved for your son or your daughter and whatnot. So make sure you're heading to the Pendant Trophy Center in East Syracuse. And I thank them both for always being great partners with Wake Up Call and with the Fantasy Football Power Hour and everything we do with fantasy. Because as Mike and I will tell you, fantasy football never sleeps and it is year-round. And if you're not focusing on it year-round, then you're missing the boat. And we're trying to help you get back on the boat. With that being said, Mr. Sofka's Hall of Fame FantasyFootball.com. Go to his website, use his help, utilize his services. He has free services and paid services and always willing to help you. Vikings at the Jets, let's get back on the horse, my good sir. What do you got for this? Yeah, you know, I, I, I like the Vikings, but I like the Vikings not only because of their defense, and their defense hasn't been very strong lately, I know, but I like them for the receivers. I mean, you look at Adam Thielen. I got him ranked as the number one receiver overall this week going up against the Jets, who can be soft in the secondary. So, you know, there's your value right there. There's your guy you want to play in daily as well. So if you're lucky enough to have Adam Thielen, I don't need to tell you that you need to go out and play him. You know, Stephon Diggs is still a strong player. I think he's a number 15 wide receiver this week on my rankings. Yeah, Kyle Rudolph, this is a guy that you can count on every now and again, but he's been inconsistent at best. He's a number 15 tight end. I like the Vikings. I think the Vikings are going to win this game. But I don't think it's going to be because of outstanding quarterback play. I, I, I'm not sure Kirk Cousins is the guy that you could start every week. But this week, you can. He's the number four quarterback. See, see what I did there? I zigged, and then I kind of zagged and went right back to it. He's like the number it. four quarterback <laughs> on my rankings this week. So I think, I think Kirk Cousins is worth a start. I don't have to tell you that either. The Jets... Well, unless Isaiah Crowell runs for 400 yards in a game, they don't seem to be getting it done. But Sam Darnold's looking a lot better. I think Sam Darnold overall, you know, I think they won one game, then they lost a couple games. Now they're back on that winning path again. Sam Darnold may be a fill-in guy for you if if maybe uh, Aaron Rodgers on a bye for you. But, you know, I, I don't know you can count on him because, well, Robbie Anderson hasn't been showing up. Quincy Inouye is, is, is injured. Can you name me the guy who's the starting tight end for the Jets? No. That's a problem. Yeah. Bilal Powell may get some touches, but I'm looking at Isaiah Crowell. And as go the Jets is as go Isaiah Crowell, but I don't see him as much more than number 25 running back this week against that Minnesota defense. So, again, I like Minnesota in this one across the board. I think they're going to dominate in this game. I know the Jets' defense has looked really good this year, but I think Minnesota's just got a little too much power, especially if Dalvin Cook comes back. And, oh, by the way, he's my number 15-ranked running back this week. Yeah, like I, like we were talking about before, I'm not a big fan of, of, of anything that Latavius Murray has been doing in fantasy since he's gone to Minnesota and even before then. So, you know, I'm just – I'm not feeling it. I'm not there with it. And so for me, if Delvin Cook is healthy and ready to go, then he is worth a play for you. To take a look at the injury reports for that, we have uh, Minnesota – up and down the list here, he's not on the injury report right now. So that's a good sign for everybody that he's not showing up on that injury report. 
as far as the New York Jets go. On their injury report, we have Isaiah Crowell. He's questionable. He didn't practice on Wednesday. Robbie Anderson is questionable. He didn't practice. Quincy Anunua is questionable. He didn't practice. So you got to watch all those because those are like your usual suspects for the team. So, you know, looking at Minnesota first going to the away team, I like Kirk Cousins in this game because he's playing the Jets defense. I like uh, Delvin Cook if he's healthy and ready to go. Adam Thielen, I like. Stephon Diggs is in the shadow of Adam Thielen, which it used to be the opposite. So I find that kind of interesting. I like Adam Thielen a lot. And, you know, Stephon Diggs, I, I like him as more of a flex uh, wide receiver three. Uh, Kyle Rudolph, like Mike said, is consistently inconsistent. I'd probably stay away from him. And that would be my take on that side. And then as far as the Jets go in this game, I'm not – I don't think Isaiah Crowell is the truth. I really don't. I – Quincy Inunua has been ruled out. So there has been an update on that. I, th- I thought it said questionable here. He's out. So that makes Robbie Anderson more desirable because every quarterback has their guy and it hasn't been Robbie Anderson. But that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be Robbie Anderson. So if you if you have to play Robbie, he's a flex. He's kind of a last resort. I don't really like any of the Jets in this game. And I would look to the Minnesota defense and special teams. I'm going with the Vikings in this one. And, and, and as I caught you right, Mike, you said Vikings as well. Okay, so Browns at the Bucks. I feel like this game has already been played, and I think that that's because you know it's just the the Bucks. The Bucks seem to give up points. I think they're going to give up points in this one. The Browns are going to town, and the Bucks are all over the place. It's so weird how Ryan Fitzpatrick can play so well, and then the moment that Jameis Winston is available to play again, it's like he heard footsteps. What do you think about the Browns and the Bucks? Yeah, I think this is good that the Bucks defense gives up so many points. It's good for fantasy football because Jameis is going to have to throw the ball and he's going to have to throw the ball very far down the field. So that makes him the number five quarterback this week for us. And, you know, Mike Evans, he's a bottom end wide receiver one. Deshaun Jackson, man, if he could have caught that pitch at the end of the game last week, that would have been a different outcome for him possibly. But Deshaun Jackson is a wide receiver three for us. If you're in a in a league that doesn't penalize you for interceptions, you may want to just consider having Jameis on full time because they're going to have to throw the ball. They got that matador defense where they let guys go right by them. They they're not quick in the secondary for Tampa. They're having problems stopping people from running the ball. They're they're just a wreck up and down. Gerald McCoy's been dinged up. Yeah, the linebackers are recording a lot of tackles, but that's not always good if they're tackling them down the field. The Browns are going to counter. The Browns are going to come with Baker Mayfield, who's a big play, large upside waiting to happen. He's a quarterback, too, for you. You know, I, I, I mentioned that teams can run the ball with some success against Tampa. Carlos Hyde's been running the ball pretty solid. He's a high-end RB2, number 14 on my rankings this week. And wide receiver. They're going to throw the ball to somebody. That's going to be Jarvis Landry. That's who Baker Mayfield's going to be looking for to connect. Jarvis Landry, number 11 wide receiver on my rankings. You know, I'd like to sit here and tell you that Antonio Callaway is just taking things by storm, but he's been slowly coming along. He's nothing more than a flex play for you right now. David Njoku, he's a number six tight end. And you know what? O.J. Howard is back. That's going to hurt Cameron Bray. 
and I think Cameron Bray may be hurt, so that's that's something funny there. You know, the bottom line is, is O.J. Howard may be the number one target at tight end. Cameron Bray is reduced to tight end two numbers. O.J. Howard, bottom end, tight end one, number 12 on my rankings. I think that, believe it or not, Tampa's going to find a way to pull this game out because I don't think that Chicago can survive in a shootout. I don't think they have enough offensive weapons to do that, or at least they haven't proven that those offensive weapons are capable of that. I like the Bucks to pull this one out at home. So you have the Bucks uh, over the Browns. You don't think the Browns have enough? No, I don't. I don't think they have enough. I think they have enough potential. I think they have the firepower there. It's just I need to see more of it convert. It, this, this might be the coming out party for it, though. Maybe I'm wrong. Well, you know, to, to go to both sides of the spectrum here, the Bucks really have nobody to be concerned with on their injury report. Uh, Rashard Higgins, who's been a, a, a favorite of Baker Mayfield as a target, he has an MCL injury. He didn't practice on Wednesday. He's questionable for the game. Rod Streeter's on injured reserve. Outside of that, there's there's nobody to be concerned with in Cleveland. I, I you know this this one is tough for me. So when I look at this and I look at the situation, I think that Baker Mayfield's a quarterback too this week. I think he has the potential to score some points. I'm not sold on him yet or in this game, but I do like him. So I would put him behind a bunch of people. I'd probably have him rank 15th, you know, 20, I mean, a little, you know, lower. So I'm not against Baker Mayfield in this. I think there's better options. I like Carlos Hyde. I like Nick Chubb. It's hard because you don't really know which one to play because Nick Chubb may not have a lot of yards. He might have two carries for 60 yards, but they're both touchdowns. So I like Nick Chubb as a flex. I like Carlos Hyde as a running back, too. I like Jarvis Landry. With Higgins out, look for Antonio Callaway to do some things. So that could be a potential. Uh, Higgins may play, though, so you do have to watch the injury report. And you can always get their injury report by going to wakeupcalldt.com. And under the fantasy football tab, you'll see the injury report. On the other side of it, I'm not a big Jameis Winston fan. And Cleveland can grab some interceptions. So Cleveland's defense and special teams might not be bad to think about for that reason. But I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. So you got to see how your point system works and what benefits you more. Is getting those interceptions or giving up points? I'm not a fan of Jameis Winston. I'd pick up Baker Mayfield over Jameis right now. I just he's an interception machine. Peyton Barber and Jacquez Ronald. I don't like any of the running backs in Tampa. Uh, Mike Evans is a play. Deshaun Jackson is a flex. Adam Humphreys is a low end two, high end three, and you know OJ Howard is an option. I'm going to pick the Browns in this one somewhat potentially reluctantly because I think the Bucks might pull it out. But if this game gets in the 30s and it's another overtime, I got to believe the Browns can pull out one of these overtimes. Panthers at the Eagles, Mr. Sofka, what do you have? Wow, I, you know, I like Carson Wentz being back. I think Carson Wentz is going to show up, but I think it's going to be Carson Wentz versus Cam Newton. I think both of those guys are equal this week. I think both of those guys have the opportunity to put up uh, mid to low end quarterback one type numbers this week. So I think it's going to be interesting to see what supporting cast helps their team the best. You know, Cam's used to calling his own number and he's okay with that. But a lot of times they call on a number of Christian McCaffrey, number eight on my running back rankings this week. 
you know, the, the, the flip side, though, Corey Clement and Wendell Smallwood are going to kind of cannibalize each other, both going to be low-end running back threes for you this week. Look for Wendell Smallwood to be the guy more so in between the tackles, getting the ball to Clement out in space. He seems to be more effective runner out in space. Now, that all may be for not real soon. Darren Sproles is supposed to be on his way back maybe this week. I say they give the old man another week, so don't look for that to happen yet. But be on alert, especially if you picked up Corey Clement or Wendell Smallwood with these bye weeks coming up. You know, they're great fillers, but not if they're cannibalizing each other. And once Darren Sproles gets back, I think both of those guys may be insignificant. You know, wide receiver, you know, it's nice to see Alshon Jeffrey back. I think he's capable of putting up some some wide receiver two numbers this week. I'm still kind of waiting for the guy from Carolina. I mean, I need a Devin Bunches to do something big. He's a number 28 wide receiver on my rankings. I, I'm not sure that they really have that true number one. DJ Moore seems to be dropping the ball. You know, I, I'm wondering if they're not having second thoughts on things. They, they got DJ Moore returning kicks now as well. Torrey Smith has showed up at times, but the biggest target is back now in Greg Olson, the number 11 tight end on my rankings. And you know what? If you go on the other side of the ball, you got an even better tight end in Zach Ertz, a number two tight end on my rankings this week. I think that the Eagles are going to pull this one out at home. It's going to be a close battle. I think the line's four and a half. I think this one might be a three-point game. I'm going with the Eagles. I'm going with the Eagles as well in this one. I think they're because they're at home. If they were on the road, I would have went with Carolina, to be completely and blatantly honest with you. Greg Olson is on the injury report, hasn't been himself since he got hurt last year into this year. As far as the Eagles go uh, injury-wise, you got to look out for Carson Wentz still has the back end. You know, he's got a back injury. He's questionable. And Darren Sproles has a hamstring injury. Carson's been limited in practice just so everybody knows clarity there. Cam Newton, underwhelming in reality and in fantasy. But Mike and I always tell you he calls his number, which makes him an option for you. He's a quarterback, too. If your other guy's off, he's the guy you play. That's okay. I like Christian McCaffrey more than I like any other weapon on the team that Cam Newton has. Funchess, I I don't try with Funchess anymore because it never works out. And if Ian Thomas is playing, I'm just I'm just not entirely sold. So I mean, really, Christian McCaffrey and Cam Newton are the only ones that make me feel good in Carolina. You know, DJ Moore is is at the bottom of the barrel right now on their depth chart, and nobody else is shining right now in Carolina, which is sad because I would think with Cam Newton that there would be somebody doing good. But Cam Newton likes to run around and call his number. So there you go. I mean, it's these receivers might not be as bad as they look. Carson Wentz, I think he's worth the play if he's healthy and ready to go. If you have the Philadelphia team quarterback, you're getting him or Foles, so you don't really lose. I like Corey Clement. I really do. I drafted him for a reason. He can catch. He can do things. He is getting more involved in the offense now, earlier in the season, than he did last year where he was involved later on and in the Super Bowl. That's better for you. It's better for your team. Alshon Jeffrey, I think he's worth the play. I like Zach Ertz. So, I mean, and the only thing is, I think Dallas Godert would be a starting tight end on a team right now, but he's got Zach Ertz in front of him. So, I like Ertz. I like Corey Clement. I like Alshon Jeffrey and Carson Wentz. And, and I mean, I'm pretty much, I'm, every position, I like somebody on the Eagles in this one. I do think the game is close, but I do think they win because they're at home. Texans at the Jaguars on my birthday. What do we think, Mr. Safka? 
Yeah, I think the Jaguars are going to bounce back from that atrocious performance, that defensive letdown, that whatever you want to call it in Dallas. It looks like they got off the bus and all sprained their ankles and nobody could catch anybody, even in the secondary. Pathetic performance. Now that we've got that out of the way, the Jaguars need to look forward and press on. If Jalen Ramsey's quiet after the game, you know that he realizes the situation, and they're going to bounce back big, primarily because, well, Deshaun Watson hasn't been very good lately. He's thrown an interception in just about every game in eight-plus games. This is a guy who's struggling. He's got some receivers around him. The problem is the offensive line, and that's going to be right up Jacksonville's alley. That's where Jacksonville's strength is, their ability to rush the quarterback, their ability to create opportunities for the defensive backs and the linebackers to make big plays. That defensive line and that front seven that the, that they have in Jacksonville, and even the depth they have with a Taven Bryan, there's not much letdown from man to man. They can shift. They can go from the three technique to the outside. These guys are phenomenal. Calais Campbell's having a heck of a year as well. So I look for Jacksonville to continue that defensive presence. I look for Jacksonville to bounce back as a defense. And I look for Jacksonville to make something happen here. Lamar Miller is not going to cash any big checks for you this week. He's the number 22 running back on my rankings. T.J. Yeldon, I think he's still going to be the guy getting the call. He's a number 10 running back. I don't think they're going to bring back Fournette until after the bye. Looking at the receivers, unfortunately, Jacksonville doesn't have that one guy who can jump out and take control. It looked like it was going to be Keelan Cole, but he's nothing more than a bottom-end wide receiver three because you don't know which guy is going to show up. Is it going to be Didi? Is it going to be Moncrief? I know it's not going to be DJ Shark. He can't seem to catch the ball and hold on to it. Miles Paul out with the injury, so O'Shaughnessy is going to be the the tight end. But you know what? I'm not sold that he's a a fantasy performer yet. Number 21 tight end on my rankings this week. And you know what? The Texans have that dominant receiver, but if the quarterback can't get him the ball because the line's not blocking, that's not going to do him very much good. DeAndre Hopkins has number one overall receiver talent, but he's no more than a number one, number nine ranking on my ranks this week because of the struggles of Watson and the offensive line. You know, Will Fuller is normally the touchdown guy. Used to get a touchdown every game he played with Watson, but I haven't seen those magic numbers from Will Fuller. He's nothing more than a flex play, not even a wide receiver three for you this week. And you know what? I wish there was something more I could say about the tight end situation, but they keep cannibalizing each other. Ryan Griffin, Jordan Atkins, these guys keep taking away from each other, so you can't count on that in fantasy. I look for Jacksonville to win this game. I look for the win for them to win this game handedly, and I look for the defense to come out and make a statement. Before I give my response, we do have a question about Jermaine Curse. What do you think about Jermaine Curse as an option? We got asked. Yeah, I got to see more. I mean, I got to see more consistency. I'm not. I'm not sure that Jermaine Curse is going to be able to do much because, well, the team around him is not doing much. Yeah, I know Quincy and Uwas hurt. That might give him some more opportunities. I know Robbie Anderson has been spotty. You can count on him one week. You can't count on him the next week. I know Isaiah Crowell is capable of running the ball for 200 yards. I know Sam Darnold's capable of making some things happen. I guess if you're in a desperate situation, yeah, but there might be some better options out there on the waiver wire, believe it or not. There might be a Taylor Gabriel who gets a lot of targets. There there might be a, a, a Mike Williams. There might be a Zay Jones who may be able to 
get something done on a freak play because they're going to be behind in that game. Derek Anderson may have to throw the ball country mile. So there may be an Adam Humphreys who's capable of stepping up. I'm sure there's a lot of good options on the waiver wire. I'm not sure Jermaine curses it. But you know what? I wouldn't put it past him either. So he's a number 47 ranked wide receiver on my rankings this week. So if you're in an emergency situation, yeah, that might be the guy. But double-check the waiver wire for some of those other names. I like Taylor Gabriel the best out of all of them. Yeah, the, the thing that's – and Taylor Gabriel is a guy that, that I've liked as well. You know, I said I'm not a big fan of Chicago's wide receivers, but – if I had to pick one, Gabriel is the one that I would circle. Allen Robinson has done pretty much nothing since leaving the Jaguars, and he did nothing last year. He was hurt all year when they had their best season that they've had in over a decade. So, you know, Allen Robinson's to me, I'm happy the Jaguars didn't pay him a ton of money because they would have been out a ton of money at this point. So, you know, Taylor Gabriel, I do like him. I think Jermaine Curse is he's the type of guy – uh, Giuseppe, thank, thank you for the question, Giuseppe. Uh, you know, in all honesty, I think he's a guy that could get you a touchdown in 20 yards. I don't think he's getting you 100 yards. I don't think he's getting you a ton of points. I think he may get a touchdown, and he's good for like 20, 20, 30, like 20 yards. I mean, that's that's how I kind of look at him. So if you think that that's worth rolling the dice, I don't. And, I mean, that's just – excuse me. That's how I see him. In the grand scheme of things, I, I don't I don't think that he is much of a threat at all to uh, anybody for that matter. So I would kind of, I would stay away from him, and you know I just I, I just would I don't I don't see the value. By the way, Mike, speaking of the Jets, you said that if Isaiah Crowell had 200 yards last week, that you would eat your cheat sheet paper, and I said I would eat a ghost pepper. And how about the fact that we don't have to do either one of them? I mean, can we get some love for that? <laughs> Yeah, I was ready. I had some A1 sauce. I had a fork and knife here. I was ready to go. I was, uh, you know, listen, I was ready to ghost pepper it up. But, you know, I don't have to. Isaiah Crowell, thank you, sir. We appreciate it. I know everybody listening is like, oh, man, Dan was going to eat a ghost pepper. Mike was going to eat paper. And we were going to do it on live Facebook. You're going to be able to watch Facebook, YouTube, all that good stuff. So, sorry, folks. It didn't happen. The injury report for Houston, I'm happy, I didn't want to eat a ghost pepper. For Houston is on the road, Will Fuller is questionable, DeAndre Hopkins is questionable, they both always end up playing. Kiki Kuti is also injured, and like I said, we have rules on this show, and whenever I mention Kiki Kuti, something has to happen on the broadcast. And if you're singing this love song to Kiki outside of his window, I don't know if he does love you, me, or anybody because I don't think the Texans love him right now as a rookie wide receiver because he is not a target out there on the field for the team. And the Texans have really not played that well. Case in point is that the Texans barely defeated the Bills at home. They had to intercept Nathan Peterman with a minute 23 to go or else they would have gone into overtime with the Buffalo Bills at home in Houston. I know the Jaguars have had trouble. I know they made the Cowboys look like friggin' road scholars, but 
let's let's imagine a world where the Jacksonville Jaguars are not as bad as a team that almost blew it to the Texans and offensively are just not getting it done, which means in fantasy they're not getting it done for you. I don't like their running backs. I don't like Deshaun Watson as far as fantasy value for you this week. If you got to play somebody, both of their top wide receivers are not 100% as of right now. I would lean on DeAndre Hopkins if I had to lean on anybody. Jacksonville Jaguars, you know, looking, you know, the Jacksonville Jaguars got a lot of problems, and it's very unfortunate. This is my 10th year of covering them on site in some way, shape, or form. And, you know, to look at their injury report this morning, TJ Yeldon has a foot and an ankle injury. DJ Hayden has a toe injury. Fournette has his hamstring still. Brandon Linder, the starting center, has a knee injury. The starting left guard, Andrew Norwell has a foot injury. The starting right tackle, Jeremy Parnell, has a knee injury. James O'Shaughnessy has a hip injury. Calais Campbell has an ankle injury. And like I told Mike, everybody wants to blame Blake Bortles. But every single offensive lineman has been on the injury report at some point this season. Brandon Linder, their starting center, has been on multiple weeks. Their starting left guard, Andrew Norwell, has been on multiple weeks. They are They have three left tackles in six weeks. Their starting running back is out. Their starting tight end is out. Their starting wide receiver never played a down because he got hurt in the preseason. So it is not all Blake Bortles' fault. I know he's not doing himself any help, but you just heard my laundry list. That's not good stuff, okay? That's like when somebody's you know, dating somebody or married to somebody, and it's like, oh, do you have a problem or two that you can work through? They have 17 problems. There's a lot of work. This is not a seven-layer cake. This is a 17-layer cake. This is the heart attack cake, okay? Jacksonville's got a lot of injury issues, and unfortunately, it's made a contender look like a very poor team, which has led me to not have Blake Portals out there for you this week, not have Leonard Fournette out there for you this week. And, you know, Mike's right with the wide receivers. It's all been questionable. This may be a defensive game. It may be a low-scoring game, and this is the first week that I honestly don't like any of the Jaguars players that I feel confident enough to tell you to play. So if you had to put my feet to the fire, I would say TJ Yeldon or or Dante Moncrief. But they're, they are kind of in the basement. They're running back three, wide receiver three, respectfully. They're flex position players. They may have been dropped, and maybe you could scoop them up. And Jamal Charles couldn't even catch a pass in front of his face when he came. And I know there's going to be growing pains, and I know he hasn't played. I'm picking the Jaguars to win this game, but I think this game's going to be like 13-10. to 10. The next one we have up, Mr. Sofka, is the Saints at the Ravens. What do you have? Yeah, you know, I like the Saints. I like what they got going on. I just don't like them in this game. I, I think Baltimore is going to win. Baltimore is a solid team up and down. I think they got some of the best talent up and down the roster, not just the starting 22 you know, I think up and down the roster, the Ravens are a complete team. I know they have challenges at quarterback, but with that softness in the secondary that the you know New Orleans has, look for a Joe Flacco to be a surprise guy this week. The number fourteen quarterback on my rankings. You need a fill-in guy. You need a guy that's out there on a waiver wire. Go pick up some Joe Flacco. And you'll be covered nicely if you have an Aaron Rodgers on a normal basis. Joe Flacco against the New Orleans defense, I think he's going to do well. I think Crabtree, who Michael Crabtree, you know, as a number one receiver, he's pulled a disappearing act. Back in the day in his San Fran days, he was a touchdown machine. This is a guy who can't find the end zone if you gave him a map and one of them K-1 
counter things. Beep, 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 showing him how to get close to the beacon. The guy can't seem to find it. I think he's going to find it here. I think they're going to light up that New Orleans secondary. Look for Michael Crabtree to be the bottom end wide receiver, too, for you. And I like the fact that Hayden Hurst is back. Look for Hayden Hurst inch by inch, little by little, Get it done, and by the end of the year, he could be one of the top tight ends in the league. If he's still out there on the waivers and you got bench space, go ahead and take a gamble on this guy because this guy's got an uphill battle, but he's running up that hill really fast. John Brown has been doing a lot for the Ravens, though. He seems to be the big play guy. He's number 19 on my receiver ranking. And you know what? I'm looking at Joe Flacco. And if Joe Flacco goes down, you know what? I think they're going to be in good hands with Lamar Jackson. Now, I don't mean to say that I know anything, and I'm not wishing anything bad on Joe Flacco. But I think Lamar Jackson is slowly becoming acclimated to being on the field with these NFL talent and with what's going on around him. I think if Lamar Jackson does get a chance, he can continue to move that Ravens team. That's how good that team is. If he just pulled that Trent Dilfer-like role where you just don't screw it up, you just don't fumble, you just don't turn the ball over. But you know what? I think New Orleans has some guys you can count on. Now, Alvin Kamara, was his numbers were tainted a little bit by Mark Ingram coming back, but I think you're going to make more of a concentrated effort to keep Kamara in the game. You know, he's the pass-catching guy, too. So especially in the PPR, Alvin Kamara, number nine running back this week. And Marlon, uh, Marlon Mack, listen to me, Mark Ingram, number 28 running back for us this week. And you know what? Michael Thomas is going to take a downgrade as well. I'm sure Jimmy Smith is going to be all over him. Michael Thomas capable of being an elite top four receiver. But this is a guy who I got ranked at number 12 this week going up against that Baltimore defense. And New Orleans? If Cameron Meredith can continue to make plays, if Ben Watson, the old man, can continue to do something, Ted Ginn maybe can return a kick, maybe even a Traquan Smith with another uh, award-winning big 60-yard touchdown, I think New Orleans has a chance. But I just don't see it. Drew Brees doesn't normally play as well on the road as he does at home. I look for the Ravens to win a close one here. I think this game could be close. You know, I think this game could be 24-20 or 28-24. I think that that could happen. But I'm going on the other side of things. I'm going with the Saints in this one as Mike is going with the Ravens. This has been an extended party, not like New Orleans needs an excuse to have a party, but this has been an extended party because when the career passing yard leader Got it. Done. Drew Brees at 39 ripe years old, completing almost 80% of his passes, and last season 72%, which was his best ever in the NFL, like a fine wine, getting better with time, humble, good to his kids, hell of a leader, love Drew Brees, big fan of Drew Brees. I hope one day to interview Drew Brees, and I know that when I dream it, wish it, I'm going to do it. So, shout out to you, Drew. Congratulations. And you had a bye week after, so y'all got to celebrate a little bit longer. Now it's time to go to work. Now it's time to get it done. Put that little feather in your hat and do what you got to do. I like Drew in the game. I like Mark Ingram in the game. My boy Kamara, I like Alvin Kamara in the game. Michael Thomas, uh, you know, I'm a fan. Like, I'm a... I'm, I'm like a closet fan, let's say. You know, like, I, I don't want to come out and say, hey, I like Michael Thomas because I like him, but I, I want him to be more consistent. Cameron Meredith finally woke the hell up. I've been, I, I 
drafted him. I talked about him. He's finally at the party. I don't know how long he's staying, but I know that he's at least eating some of the chips and drinking somebody's glass that they left by the bar. So Cameron is here. I just don't know if he's going to be here when you get out of the bathroom. Now, Traquan Smith He's somebody that I like. He's a flex guy for me. He's the one that helped get the record for Drew Brees. So I like Traquan as a flex. I like Michael Thomas. The jury's still out for me, at least for another week on Cameron Meredith. I got to see something. Mark Ingram, Alvin Kamara, told you all the good stuff. Drew Brees, let's go. On the other side of it for the Baltimore Ravens, I'm not against Joe Flacco in this game. He's a low-end quarterback, too, for me, though. The best player on Baltimore is Alex Collins, week in and week out. Michael Crabtree and John Brown are kind of interchangeable, so they are flex guys for me. They're worth the play, especially if you need somebody on bye week or someone's on waivers or whatever it may be. So they're not bad to look at. They're like better options than a lot of other stuff you're going to find. But Alex Collins is the best bet, and I'm picking the Saints. Before we take our final step aside of the show, inside of the Fantasy Football Power Hours, uh, Rams at the Niners, what do you got? Yeah, I like this game a lot. I'm real interested to see this game. You know, I, I think the game might be closer than people think. I know the Rams are going to be on the road, but I think the San Francisco defense can't slow them down. When one player is going to be slowed down, he's not going to be taking a field. That's Cooper Cup, who's been a big part of the Rams defense. This is a guy that, on Rams defense, Rams offense, this is a guy that always seems to make the big plays, not afraid to get the big plays out of the slot or over the middle. So I look for the Rams to continue. I look for them to roll. I look for them to win. It just I think it's going to be closer than people think. I do like Jared Goff a lot this week. I think Jared Goff's the number three quarterback on my ranking. And on the other side, C.J. Beathard's not doing a bad job. He's just not a top 10 quarterback, number 19 on my rankings. And that Rams defense is pretty tough. So I'm not going to take anything away from the Rams defense. They are solid. You know, Todd Gurley. He's the number one fantasy player right now. He catches the ball. He runs with the ball. He puts up big numbers. He scores touchdowns. This guy seems to do it all. This guy's the Alvin Kamara done right this year. This guy's the Alvin Kamara without any Mark Ingram. So this is a guy who's going to continue to be the number one player, although Saquon and Melvin Gordon are making a good case to be right behind him. I think Todd Gurley's a, a guy you got to play in daily as well. You're going to pay for him. But the production is just off the charts. That's a guy you really like. And he's consistent. That's the best thing. You know, San Fran's looking for that consistency at running back. Matt Bright has been hurt. It looked like Alfred Morris was going to be the guy. They were talking about him. They were saying he was going to be the guy. And then what happens? Raheem Mozart comes out. He's the all-star player of the game. Alfred Morris doesn't even get a touch. He gets one touch, and it's an eight-yard touch. Oh, and you know what? It got taken back because of a penalty, and that was it. That was the Albert Morris show. And I want to thank you, San Francisco, for for Alfred Morris. I want to thank you, San Francisco, for ruining some daily leagues for me because I had Alfred Morris prepared to go off. So bitter party of one, that's me. Yes, San Fran, I'm mad at you. And now you come back this week and say Alfred Morris may be more part of the process than Mozart, and that was just a matchup situation. You're killing me, San Fran. <laughs> You're killing me, Shanahan. Come on. Make a decision. Put it out there. Let the fantasy public know what's going on. But I guess that's what keeps us guessing. Marquise Goodwin is a guy who proved that he is back. He's back from injury. He can make some big plays. I just don't see too many of them happening against this Ram secondary. The number 22 wide receiver on my rankings this week. 
And you know what? Pierre Garçon might be making a comeback here. What? Dante Pettis might be coming back. Trent Taylor has lived large, but George Kittle is the guy we've been counting on. He's dinged up a bit, but I still have him ranked as a number five tight end this week. You know, the Rams are the Rams. They have Todd Gurley. They have Jared Goff. I think Brandon Cooks is going to cook something up this week with Cooper Cups not being available. I think he's going to have to step up. Robert Woods, look for some production out of him. Wide receiver two for Woods. Wide receiver one for Cooks. And the Rams just don't have that solid tight end. They don't have that one guy. Gerald Everett or Tyler Higby can't seem to be the guy that gets out there and gets it done. So I don't think he can start a tight end from the Rams. I look for the Rams to go up north, way up north to San Fran, and I look for them to win this game, but closer than people think. I thought of a new name, and I'm very proud of it, Mike, and I have to say it, Kidler on the Roof. I just like it. I don't know why. I just do it. I like Hitler on the roof because then I can. Then if he does good things, they'd be like, "What's that that I hear? Is that a Kidler on the roof?" So the Rams are playing up against the Niners on the road in San Francisco, and I like Jared Goff in the game. I got him as a low end quarterback, one high end two. I got my guy Gurley. Obviously, Robert Woods and Cooks are plays for you, especially with Cooper Cup out. Not a big fan of Tyler Higby. He hasn't done enough to show me, but I like all those guys. And the Rams' defense and special teams, not a bad idea. The Niners obviously have proven that they can score. They've proven that they can make the Green Bay Packers a little bit uneasy. And the Green Bay Packers have kind of made people uneasy in general. But I don't think that that makes C.J. Beathard a quarterback that you're going to start this week. The running back situation is awful in San Francisco. They put they, – you know – I told myself I wasn't going to draft Alfred Morris, and I wasn't going to draft Jarek McKinnon. I told myself the San Francisco situation just didn't look good. And then I drafted one in one league and one in the other, and look at what's happened. So I should have listened to my gut. I should Listen, when your mother and your father tell you, listen to your gut every time, it's not going to lie to you. I'm telling you, your gut, 99.9% of the time, if not better, is telling you the truth. And it told me to stay away, and I didn't listen, so now I'm telling you to stay away. Marquise Goodwin, I like him. And George Kittle, he's a tight end too to me. He's He should be a little bit more consistent. I'm going with the Rams in this one. We're going to take a step aside for a final fast break of the show. When we come back, Mike and I will wrap up fantasy football talk for week number seven, giving you a trio of games to finish off the day and get you set for your fantasy roster. This is a wake-up call fast break. Consistency is, well, consistently hard to find. Unless you head to 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York, the home of the Penn and Trophy Center, who has been serving us Central and Upstate New Yorkers, as well as beyond, for decades. The Penn and Trophy Center on 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York, gives you an amazing and unique way to customize a memory today. Say it with the Penn and Trophy Center. Be it an Employee of the Month award, a sports award, something for your business, engraving for your family, your loved ones, anniversaries, birthday parties, and so much more, including remembering somebody who served in the military. Say it with the Penn and Trophy Center. 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York. The definition of consistency is Penn and Trophy. Browse their products on penandtrophy.com. That's penandtrophy.com. And call them for more information at 315-422-8797. That's 315-422-8797. 
The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is located on 3680 Milton Avenue in the Home Depot Plaza. It is your family-friendly sports bar and restaurant. Folks, some sports bars aren't family-friendly. Some family-friendly restaurants are not sports bars. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is proud to be both. It is that marriage that you've been looking for for years. The Wildcat Sports Pub is your home base for your sports bar and restaurant needs, games for the kids, indoor and outdoor activities, and enough things on the menu to come back every single week and get to try something new. They're open Sundays from noon to 8 p.m., Monday through Wednesday, 11 a.m. to 11 p.m., and Thursday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to midnight. For reservations and party information, call 315-487-2222 for the Wildcat family-friendly sports pub and restaurant. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Nobody could see me dancing in the studio, but that's what I'm doing. Why? Because it's sunny outside. I'm hungry as all get out, and I got a, and I got enough companies that I work with with Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora to feed myself right today. So I know I'm getting some food after the show, and I know that you are all doing well, and I know that you're going to go support the central and upstate New York businesses that are on wakeupcalldt.com's homepage. You can click on them, get their addresses, their phone numbers, their emails, the information, their menus, whatever you need. You're set, whether you need a car, or you need shirts made, or you need a trophy engraved, or you need, you know, or you want to check out the stallion schedule and go see pro basketball in Syracuse for the first time in forever, or you're hungry, or you want to treat yourself with Carvel. There is so much. Johnny just said I need Chick-fil-A. Johnny, I'm going to Chick-fil-A today. So you can come with me today, or or that's it, bro. Like I mean, you got it. Like, I'm going to Chick-fil-A today. Okay? And I lost a bet with Johnny, and I owe him Chick-fil-A. And the man, if I lost a bet with someone for Chick-fil-A, Mike Sofka's down in Orlando. I'm up here in Syracuse right now. If Mike lost a bet with me for Chick-fil-A, in Orlando, I would be at Mike's house the next day going, you need to buy me food. So you need to get on this, Johnny. Like, I'm not going to be here forever, bro. Like, you got to make it happen. I'm hoping to live into my 100s, but I'm getting Chick-fil-A today because I'm muy hungry and I need to go. I'm, I'm muy hombre, tango hombre, brother, you know, buddy. So I need to go get some food. We got a trio of games to do before we get that food, though. And let us discuss it, Mr. Sofka. The Cowboys at the Redskins. This game should be good. It should be fun. For some odd reason, both of these teams can still win the division because the NFC East is just its just crazy. And it's like a bunch of papers thrown. It's like you could go into an office of a bunch of neatly filed papers. But if you go into the office of the NFC East, it looks like a tornado just took off. Cowboys at Redskins, what do you got? Yeah, it's going to be an interesting game. You know, I don't think the Cowboys are going to waltz into Washington and put up numbers like they were able to put up on Jacksonville at home. I think that game against Jacksonville was an anomaly. Things started to unravel and unravel fast for Jacksonville. I'd like to say you're going to get that type of production. You are going to get production as usual out of Ezekiel Elliott, though, the number four running back on my rankings. 
you know what, I'd like to sit here and tell you that Washington has that one guy, that they have that bell cow guy. Well, Adrian Peterson is doing the best he can to be that guy, except he's number 23 on my rankings this week. Low-end running back, too. Chris Thompson may be back. He may not be back. Look for that to be possibly a game-time decision. You know, they, uh, I'm looking further on the uh, on the roster here, and I don't know if Alex Smith is the guy. I mean, Dallas looked like world beaters against Blake Bortles, and is Alex Smith better than Bortles? Is Bortles better than Alex Smith? Both of those guys seem to be about the same guy right now, not knocking one or the other. It just begs the question what you're getting. And, you know, I don't think you can play Alex Smith. He's a, he's a bottom-end uh, bottom quarterback, too, for me this week. The wide receivers where the difference is, though. Is Jamison Crowder going to be back? Is Paul Richardson going to be fully healthy? Jordan Reed, where have you been, my man? You haven't shown up. You haven't been giving me the production. I expect elite, top, tight, and one numbers out of you. And just in your past reputation or past name, name usage, I'm even involving you as a bottom end tight end one. I need to see more production out of Jordan Reed. You know, and on the other side there, Dallas is still desperately searching for a number one receiver. Look, kiss and make up already with Dez. Just just make it happen. You guys are better together than you are apart. Do what you got to do. I don't see it happening. I think both sides are too stubborn to make that happen. But when Cole Beasley's your number one receiver, you got a problem. If you don't know if Swain, if Jarwin, if Schultz, or Rico Gathers is your tight end, you got problems. The only thing they have that's not a problem is Ezekiel Elliott. You can't even count on Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott, I got ranked lower than Alex Smith this week. So I said, do not start on Prescott. Look, Washington's going to win this game on defense. They're going to make something happen. They're going to be able to pressure Dak. They'll need to slow down Ezekiel Elliott, who will probably be the only guy worth starting from Dallas, in my opinion. I look for Washington to win this game at home. Yeah, Washington's good at home. And, I and you know, they, they just beat Carolina at home, and they held Carolina down. They won 23-17. to 17. So I'm picking the skins at home as well. The Cowboys, I like Ezekiel Elliott. Let's move on. The Washington Redskins, I uh, I am not a big fan of Alex Smith. Adrian, see, here's the thing. The Washington Redskins have three running backs on injured reserve. They have three running backs on injured reserve. They have multiple offensive players on injured reserve right now. Jamison Crowder, wide receiver for the team. He didn't practice on Wednesday. He's questionable. Paul Richardson didn't practice. Wide receiver, he's questionable. Adrian Peterson didn't practice. He has an ankle injury, but he just popped his shoulder in and out, I think, twice in the last two weeks. And he's got an ankle injury, but he's been playing pretty gritty and grinding out yards. Chris Thompson has been limited. He's questionable. So if Thompson is ready to go, he's a running back four for me this week. If Peterson's ready to go, I still got him as a low-end running back, too, because he's, dude, he's been getting yards. I mean, that's that's what matters. And every receiver is getting hurt on Washington, but Josh Doxson is still there, so maybe someday he'll score a touchdown. But I would lean more on Peterson and Thompson. And uh, Jordan Reed, you know, I don't draft him because of injuries and inconsistency. So uh, he's he, to me, he's a low-end right now. He's playing the Cowboys. Maybe that means something to you. I don't see a lot of yardage. Maybe a touchdown. Maybe one catch for eight yards, which is a touchdown over the middle. 
But, you know, he's not impressing me at all. I'm taking the skins. Bengals at the Chiefs, Sunday night football. What do you got? Yeah, if you haven't picked up Andy Dalton by now and he's still available, you need to go pick him up right away because he's got an impressive schedule the rest of the way out here. And this is just one of those games against the weak Kansas City secondary. Let's face it, Kansas City is the old team from the 90s, the late 90s, the Rams. They're the old greatest show on turf. They're the team that's like, go ahead, put up 50 on us. We'll put up 51 on you. And that's where Pat Mahomes comes in, number one quarterback. He was electric in that second half of the New England game. Not so much in the first half. They were trying to keep him off the field, and he just wasn't connecting. But you know what? He showed his true grit and came back. He's the number one fantasy quarterback. He's the MVP of the league right now, in my opinion. The young man's doing great. Pat Mahomes. But again, Andy Dalton, you could do a lot worse than him as a bi-week filler. You know, but he's going to be... A tie, he's going to be a quarterback one for the rest of the year in some form of fashion based on the schedule that he's got in front of him. You know, the Bengals have picked up the pace since Joe Mixon has been back and in full form. Joe Mixon, the number five running back on my rankings this week. The Chiefs, well, the Chiefs are going to kind of counter. They're going to try to counter with Kareem Hunt. Now, he hasn't been lighting it up, but he's worthy of a bottom end, mid to bottom end running back one as number seven running back. And Tariq Hill, the fastest guy in the NFL, number three receiver. A.J. Green, outstanding receiver, number six receiver on my rankings against that soft Kansas City defense. And you know what? Sammy Watkins, is he going to make an appearance here? Is he going to be injury-free? Is he going to be able to take the field? There's somebody you might throw in as a flex if he's able. Travis Kelsey, number one tight end in football. I know it's usually Gronk. But Gronk just hasn't been putting up consistent numbers. Travis Kelsey seems to be the guy. And let's face it, they're going to be in a shootout. They're going to be throwing the ball. It's going to be a high-scoring affair. There's going to be a lot of fantasy points scored in this game. I think this game is not out of the realm of hitting 60 points. Now, John Ross, is he going to make an appearance? Tyler Boyd, this is a guy who's just blowing up. He's the number 14 receiver. So you got the number six and the number 14 receiver this week in the rankings on Cincinnati. That bodes well for Andy Dalton. Again, hate to repeat myself, but Andy Dalton's a guy. And C.J. Uzuma has not been too bad in the absence of Tyler Eifert and Tyler Croft. He's been steady Eddie. So he's a number eight tight end on my rankings this week. Look for a lot of fantasy points in this one. Look for this to be a high-scoring affair on NBC on Sunday night. I think Kansas City is going to hold on for the win. I think they're going to outscore in a game that could come down to whoever has the ball last. Kansas City wins at home. I got Kansas City in this one, too. They got to be pissed after what happened this past Sunday night. So they get to play back-to-back Sunday night football games. Good for them. They're Kansas City. They're getting it done. They've earned the right to be there. Injury-wise for both teams, really nothing on Kansas City. For Cincinnati, we you know C.J. Uzuma was limited. He's questionable. Ty, what are the chances that Tyler Eifert and Tyler Croft both can't play? Well, I'll tell you something, folks. It's happening right now. Giovanni Bernard is injured as well. Jeremy Hill's not there anymore, which means the ball has to go to Joe Mixon, irregardless of what anybody else wants to do, which means that for the first time maybe ever, I'm going to tell you to play Joe Mixon yeah, pretty confidently in this one. So for Cincinnati, I like Andy Dalton. I like Joe Mixon in the game, A.J. Green, and Tyler Boyd because Tyler Boyd, boy, it has taken him some time to show up. But hello, Tyler Boyd. Out of Pittsburgh. Covered the guy while he was with the Panthers. 
second round pick in 2016, 55th overall. Let's go, let's go. And some people might have left Tyler Boyd out there some for some reason and go and snatch that boy up right now. Cincinnati, Andy Dalton, Joe Mixon, A.J. Green, Tyler Boyd, like it all. Kansas City, Pat Mahomes, of course. Kareem Hunt, of course. Tyreek Hill, of course. Travis Kelsey, of course, and I like Sammy Watkins as a flex. I'm picking the Chiefs. Final game, Mike, and our swan song for Week 7, the Giants at the Falcons, Monday Night Football. Do Saquon Barkley and the Giants have a fighting chance against a team that only knows how to score points? Points to stay in the game. Now, Matt Ryan is going to have number two quarterback number, second only to Pat Mahomes. I think the secondary of the Giants is suspect. And you know what? You're not going to hear me say this too often. Play Eli Manning. Pick him up. He's out there. He's on your waiver wire because, generally speaking, you don't play Eli Manning. But it's against Atlanta, who's got injury problems of their own in their secondary and on their defense. And they're just like Kansas City. Go ahead and put up 50. We're going to try to put up 51 on you. That's what you want for fantasy. So I will say this, and I will mark this down. This will probably be the only time I ever say this this year. Play Eli Manning, number 16 quarterback. If you've got a quarterback on a bye this week, he's your answer. Him or Flacco. And, again, you probably won't hear that that often ever again this year. You know, looking at the running back, Saquon Barkley is a top guy. He would be the top running back if it were not for Todd Gurley. So Saquon Barkley, number two running back on my rankings. Tevin Coleman, well, you know, Devonta Freeman's on IR. May come back in week 15, but I don't think they're going to need him to come back in week 15 because I don't think they can stop enough people, and I think they're just going to shut him down for the year, and Atlanta may not make the playoffs. Tevin Coleman, number 11 running back on my rankings. We talked about it last week, Dan. You mentioned it to pick up a Edo Smith. This is a flex guy for you right now, but you know what? Tevin Coleman can't run the ball and catch the ball every play, so Edo Smith is going to be out there. That's a value pick for you. Again, temper your expectations there. Julio Jones is going to benefit from Calvin Ridley, may not be able to play. Calvin Ridley's a touchdown machine. Julio's the yardage monster. He's the Pac-Man eating up them white pellets on the sidelines. Well, Julio Jones is going to score this week. Count on him for 102 touchdowns. Number two receiver, only behind Adam Thielen on my rankings. And you know what? New York's going to answer. They're going to answer with Odell Beckham Jr. Now, Odell, stop talking to the fan on the sideline. And by fan, I don't mean the guy in the seats. I mean the big thing that's supposed to keep you cool or the heater or whatever it is or the or the punter's net. Stop with all the stuff. Just play football. We hire you for football. This is not WWE. This is not for entertainment purposes only. This is not fake. This is real. There's a lot riding on this. In your sideshow annex, they gave you all the money. They gave you what you want. Stop it already. Show up. Put some numbers and quit pointing a finger at Eli. I know he's not that great, but gosh darn it, you got to do your part. Now, tight end-wise, you know, I think Evan Ingram is supposed to be coming back. Number 10 tight end on my rankings this week and you know what on the other side of the ball Austin Hooper has been showing up pretty big lately number nine tight end on my rankings I look for Atlanta to win this game because even though their offense is suspect I don't think Eli's got it in him to catch up with Matt Ryan and Julio Jones and Tevin Coleman I don't think they can keep up the pace you know, I, I just, you know, and I'm going with Atlanta as well in this matchup. You know, I think the Falcons are going to do too much 
I like Saquon Barkley in the game. I'll say Eli Manning's a quarterback too. Odell Beckham Jr. is crazy, but he's still somebody you got to put out there. And Evan Engram, you got to watch the injury report. Uh, Evan Engram is on it. His backup, Brad Ellison, is on it. And obviously, Devontae Freeman is out. So, on the other side of things, like Mike had made mention of. So, Eli Manning, quarterback two. Saquon Barkley, still a running back one. Odell Beckham Jr., a low-end one. He's just crazy. Evan Engram is worth the thoughts, but I don't know if I'd take him in this one. I might, you know, I think he's a kind of a low-end one for me this week. Uh, Matt Ryan, I like Matt Ryan in this game. I like Ito Smith in the game. I like Tevin Coleman. Ito Smith is probably available, and he can give you that flex position help. Julio Jones, I like him. Mohamed Sanu and Kelvin Ridley, Ridley are both on the injury report, and so I think your best bets are Julio Jones and Austin Hoopa, who finally has shown up somewhat. Thank goodness for the Falcons fans. So with that being said, this is week seven of the NFL. This is the Fantasy Football Power Hour. is probably brought to you by the Wildcat Sports Pub that you can get more information by going to wildcatpizzapub.com and the Penn and Trophy Center where you can get more information by going to penandtrophy.com. As always, Mr. Mike Sofka of Hall of Fame FantasyFootball.com. I appreciate you. Love you like family. Keep doing what you're doing and keep keeping me on my toes because I could not ask for a better fantasy partner in the grand scheme of things. So thank you, sir. Awesome. Thank you, Dan. Talk to you next time. All right. Take care. That comment from Mike Sofka. Once again, thank you to Mike for being a part of the show. The Syracuse Stallions season is fastly approaching. Make sure you buy your tickets on SyracuseStallions.com. Have a great day. God bless you. And I can't wait to talk to you soon. Facebook at Wake Up Call DT. Like it. Instagram at wakeupcall underscore DT. Follow it. And Twitter at call DT. Follow that too. Wakeupcalldt.com is always on. Over 500 articles, over 1,000 shows, and links to TuneIn Radio, Podbean Podcast, iTunes Podcast, and the RSS feed. And the MixLR live feed is embedded on the homepage. You can listen to it there. Quick links to Syracuse football, Syracuse basketball, Jaguars coverage, the Podbean podcast of over a 1,000 shows, fantasy football shows like the one we just did today, and the CNY Pop Festival near year two. You have so much to enjoy in life. So do it. I'll talk to you soon. God bless you.